Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. 150% true, I would think. Welcome to another edition of Emil Franzing's Voices of the West. I'm Harry Alexander, Bunker to France Here's here me. in Los Angeles. It's Todd Roberts. Our guest, Howdy. Our guest today is uh, Bobby Carradine. Welcome, Bobby. How are you? Well, I'm just right, Harry. I want to thank you guys for inviting me to be on your show. I think you're doing a great thing. Thank you so much. We appreciate you uh, taking time out from your busy, busy Saturday. I think he's the perfect guest for the National Day of the Cowboys. Well, I, th- I was just getting to that part, oh, but I'm don't, sorry. That, that, that's all right. He steals my thunder all the time. Well, it's because I'm quicker than you. Are. Yeah, well, so- somebody's got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it is National Day of the Cowboy. That is correct. And wow. uh, down at the Empire Ranch, they celebrated, and uh, up yes, in Prescott, they celebrated, or Wickenburg. Yep. The Empire Ranch and Prescott were the, was the first, first two. two places yep. the same year to celebrate National about about ten years in. Yeah, uh, and the funny thing is, it, it never took off or hasn't taken off, and that's it's a, it's sad shame because yeah. it's our heritage. It's, you know, it without, is. without our heritage, what are we? Well, that's that's very true. And Bobby, you were in a couple of westerns yourself. And uh, that's why you're here, is to uh, talk talk with us. Yeah, no, actually, uh, uh, I have been in a stack of westerns. That's correct. Um, The first one was The Cowboys with John Wayne. Yep. Uh, You're not counting Bonanza? That's television. Well, I haven't gotten there yet. It's a western. Oh, I'm sorry. I was was just starting out. Oh, I'm sorry. Let let him talk. you guys wanted to hear a John Wayne story. (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I tried to tell him how to do a scene. <laughs> good luck. How'd that work out it, for you? <laughs> it didn't work out too good. I mean, I was 17. It's my first my first motion picture work. Uh, I'd been on the set about a week, and we were shooting a scene uh, where we have to ride a bucking horse. And if we can stay on the horse for, say, the count of eight, he'll consider hiring us. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, one by one, we all ride the horse, and uh, we all stay on the horse for the count of eight. And then A. Martinez shows up, and he jumps on the horse, and he breaks the horse. He's got her spinning, going backwards, forwards, and he rides the horse up to the next kid and goes, Here, boy, maybe you can ride her now. Hmm. And the kid takes, uh, takes, takes that poorly and jumps off the fence. And goes after A. Martinez. And, of course, I jump off the fence to save the kid from A. Martinez. Right. And the Duke breaks us up, and he says, get back up on the fence where you belong now. And he turns to A. Martinez, and I go, hold on a second, Mr. Wayne. Um, I'm the oldest kid, and I don't think you should tell me to get back on the fence where I belong. I think you should just tell me to get back on the fence. (laughs) Well, he looked at me like I had two heads. And then he basically banged them together in front of the entire 80 or 100 man crew. It was very embarrassing. But I mean, what would possess me to tell him something like that? Insanity. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, hey, I was just trying to be helpful. That's right. Take a chance. You never know. Yeah, right? shit, you never know. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. I worked one day on the Cowboys up in Santa Fe. Okay. I was supposed to stand in for Martinez, and then they, they decided they didn't need me. So okay. that was the end of my cowboy career up, up in Santa Fe. 
<laughs> were, were you going to stand in for him or ride horses for him? Well, I was going to do both. Bunkers? You know, they trained us. They trained us for two and a half months before the movie even yeah. started. Well, you and know, there was the old the old school. You know, you you uh, always got have protection for your actors. So if they get hurt, you know, you're shut down. So you know, it's something that they're iffy. They put in a stunt dummy. Right. And that's what well, we were pretty was. handy. And the mm. stunt doubles that they had for us uh, were none too impressed that they didn't get to do anything. We did it all. Wow. That's what I heard. Yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah we did it all. So that was the Cowboys, and then um, the next Western was the Hatfields and the McCoys uh-huh. with um, the Keach brothers and, uh, hold on, it'll come to me. <laughs> Jack Balance. Yes, very good. One-arm push-up. <laughs> the one-arm push-up guy. Mm, well, one too. day we're breaking for lunch, and... Uh, they used to have a big table with all like the salad stuff on it and the milk and they had buttermilk and he grabs two buttermilks mm-hmm. and I looked at him I said oh god you can drink that stuff <laughs> and he said oh yeah it's wonderful here take one I'll show you <laughs> so I took one and he says and the way you got to drink this stuff is you got to drink it all in one go mm-hmm. you can't stop and I said okay so I opened the thing up, I started drinking it in one go, and I stopped. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he laughed. He thought that was hilarious. <laughs> and then I, I don't remember. Oh, yeah, I guess I did the Cowboys after that. No, I mean the uh, the Bonanza show. Um, and uh, that was really something to be on Bonanza. I know I'm aging myself, but what the heck. It's all right. Well, that that wasn't that your first uh, uh, his first television first no his first job. In, in oh, yeah. No, my first job was the Cowboys. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Well, then you know, because, because uh, the reason I, I question that is because that, the episode was a home for Jamie, and it right. showed in December of seventy one, and the Cowboys was released in seventy. Oh, that's the TV series. So okay. <laughs> Got the wrong one, but the, the Cowboys well, no, the released home for in Jamie, I don't know when it showed on TV, but the the Cowboys the film was shot in seventy one. Yeah, it came out in seventy two. Yeah. So, so after you finished that particular production, this is your first movie. Did you want to continue with it? Uh, obviously, you did. But what what were you thinking uh, uh, when that fit wrapped up? I wasn't really thinking anything, to be honest. Um, I was riding my motorcycle, or actually not my motorcycle, my brother David's motorcycle, and I was car crazy, always was, always will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I think my brother said, uh, why don't you let my manager handle you? So I did that, and um, I think he must have been the one that got me Hatfields and McCoys. Mm. But after Hatfields and McCoys, I found myself somehow in company with Richard Dreyfus, hmm. <laughs> and he said, who's your agent? And I said, I don't have one. He says, well, you ought to try mine. And he gave me the phone number for Meyer Michigan, wow. who was a major Hollywood agent. Yeah. And that was my first agent. Hmm. Who was also Lee Marvin's agent as well. Exactly, which which yeah. led to the Big Red One. Yeah. Right. Which That's also, a great movie. 
uh, was Cary Grant's agent as well, Meyer, Michigan. That's a great Really? Movie. Yeah, yeah. He was in my dad's building. We used to, my dad and I would see him all the time. Because we'd see wow. Lee when he would come in because my dad and Lee were friends, of course, from making Monty Walsh. Right. Hmm. So, Bobby, coming from uh, an iconic acting family, the Carradines, did, did was this something that came natural to you, that you wanted to do this, or did brothers uh, try and goad you into it? I think it latter, because uh, I had no interest whatsoever <laughs> in being an actor. Uh, I wanted to be a racing driver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that was my dream. Speed. Well, it wasn't so much speed as the... Uh, Adrenaline? No, just managing to get through a curve uh, uh, as fast as the car will go without spinning it out. In one um, piece, yeah. Finesse. It's kind of an art form. Yeah. And, uh, very, I was very interested in it. Have you done any other driving uh, since then? Have you been uh, gone onto the race circuit? Yeah, I raced for twenty years. Nice. Oh, cool. Yeah, you won. You, you you were in the top thirty uh, in a race that you won. You were in the top thirty that of uh, winners. Uh, you're an accomplished um, racer, Bobby. I am. I won a champ. I've won two championships and uh-huh. came runner up in a third championship. Cool. And. Uh, the last uh, full season that I drove was 1991 uh, for a factory Lotus team, and I won oh, two nice. races in that series. So were you uh, driving F1? No, I was driving uh, sports cars. There's a sports okay. car that Lotus makes called okay. uh, no, like a Lotus Esprit Turbo. Okay. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Ooh, and it was nice. a great car, and uh, we went toe-to-toe with, uh, with Porsche turbos and uh, Corvettes. And did you take them to the cleaners? Uh, twice I did, yeah. Yeah, all right. Wow. <laughs> like they get those those well, uh, those Porsche owners uh, looking down, uh, look down well, your you nose know, at them. You know, well, <laughs> oh, yeah. two years uh, they, in a row at, at Indy, you know, the turbos blew everybody off, yeah. and so they said no more turbos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That yeah, that's in uh, that. Formula car racing, but in sports car racing, totally different rules oh, okay. and such. So, yeah. And you did you did uh, what the, the micros? No, the what? It's sports cars. The, no, did, that's all you did with sports cars. I thought you said something about my, the you know like the midget racers. Oh no, I never did any of those. I did uh, start out in go karts though. When that's I was, what was uh, okay. Twelve, I think twelve to fifteen, I raced go karts and. Uh, that's a really great way to learn how to, mm-hmm. you know, how to control a four-wheel vehicle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For yeah, sure. There was a go-kart place over by my dad's here, and I used to go over and watch them. These little little guys, you know, you mm-hmm. know some of them are barely walking, and they're out there. Man, they they were like Parnelli Jones. <laughs> so are you? Oh, I know they're, they're uh, little five-year-old kids, and they're going for it. Yeah. Yeah. So are you still a gearhead, Bobby? Oh yeah. Excellent. What are you driving now? I drive a, 19, a 2014 Dodge Charger Pursuit. Ooh. Nice. Whoa. That's yeah, nice. I bought it new from a dealer that was stuck with 40 of them because the the police department that they were supposed to go to <laughs> decided to go to Ford Explorers instead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so they were stuck with these cars. Mm-hmm. And the car was three years old when I bought it. Mm. And it was brand new. Mm-hmm. 
So nice because run. it had never been sold, it came with the full factory warranty. Nice. Wow. Very good. What was the and price? I love that car. Well, also, that car in, in Los Angeles is quite handy because you can park wherever you want. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well, you know, it, it's, you can do that with a tank as well. <laughs> yeah, nobody yeah, exactly. argues with you. <laughs> Wait, what? So, so, Bobby, I got to ask you a question about a film that probably no one ever asked you about, which okay. is a film that I always liked a lot, which was okay. Aloha, Bobby and Rose. It's funny you should mention that film because I was just watching a movie the other night with the female star of that movie, Diane Hall. Ah, wow. Yeah. Well, that was uh, Edward Olmos's first movie. Huh. And we had a scene where he had to uh, beat me within an inch of my life. Huh. Did you live? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's a film of yours uh, that's one of my favorites, Bill Tillman and the Outlaws. Uh, some people say it's kind of hokey, but uh, I love Bill Tillman, and I thought I thought that was an exceptional rule. And I love the fact that Johnny Crawford got to do Bill Hart because I thought he did a wonderful job. He did, and that was his last screen appearance. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. What a great person he was. Another yeah. film that uh, you, you've done, actually, you've reprised a couple of times, Revenge of the Nerds, filmed here in Tucson at the University of Arizona. Hell of a movie, man. I know. That movie really holds up. I went to a, uh, a an autograph convention uh, a few months back, and one of, the, uh, one of the events at this convention was to show the film on the big screen with an audience. And... I think it was a 150, 200 seat house. It was full, and uh, when you see that movie on the big screen with a, an audience, it <laughs> yeah. still it still works. Oh, yeah. I mean, the laughs are still there. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Most definitely. Well, you need to do more sequels after that, didn't you? Yeah. Well, we did. Well, we did a sequel to the film, and then we did two television sequels. Mm -hmm. And they were all successful. Yes, they were. I think the third one might have suffered a little bit um, it didn't have a, a strong enough script but uh, the fourth one uh, Nerds in Love also known <laughs> as Booger's Wedding uh, that one did really well classic man just plain well, classic <laughs> yeah, that, that, that brings up the, old, the, the oldest question in Hollywood did that typecast you? <laughs> well I think on some level um, even to this day when people hear my name, that's the first thats the first film they think of. <laughs> and even though I've done a hundred films, yeah. that's the one they think of. All right, we're going to take our first commercial break here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Our guest is Bobby Carradine, uh, actor of a buttload of movies, and we're going to talk about more of those movies. More buttloads. Yes. Here on Emo Francis Voices of the West, we'll be right back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true West, where a large number of Westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. 
That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and a hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I, Miss Wilkinson, is now Wilkinson Wealth Management. 7411 East Tancoverde in Tucson. 520-777-1911. Watch Old West silent movies anytime at VoicesOfTheWest.net. All right, listeners, you like Westerns, right? You're done. I mean, you do listen to this program. So you want a chance to tell the rest of the world which Westerns you think are the best? I'm always ready to back up whatever I say. Here's how. Email us your picks for your top five Westerns. Tell us why you think those five were the best cowboy movies. You got any more you want to say on the subject? Each month, we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the Voices of the West program. Pretty simple, right? We want to hear from you. We have our men scouring the valley. Email your list to bestwesterns, voicesofthewest at gmail.com. I guess that's all we need to hear. Cow's nothing but a lot of trouble tied up in a leather bag. Horse ain't much better. This is the Voices of the West. Francie's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts. Our guest is uh, Bobby Carradine. He was, he, yeah, well, this is from the movie, uh, The uh, Long Riders, and then we, uh, oh, we th- threw that. in uh, the Duke there about uh, cows and horses. And I figured, well, you know, I thought The Long Riders would be a great way, uh, this would be a great way to segue into The Long Riders. Oh, it is a great way. I mean, Very sneaky. Thank you so much. Uh, produced by the Keats brothers, Stacy and James, and uh, written by them as well. Um, and we got four sets of brothers starring in, in, mm-hmm. in the movie. You got the Keaches, the Carradines, the Guests, and... The Quades. Uh, Quades, yeah. Hell of a production, Bobby. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, the seed for that movie got planted on the set of the Hatfields and the McCoys. Mm-hmm. James Keach 
and I were having lunch one day and he said, hey, what do you think about a, a movie about Jesse James and the Miller brothers and and uh, the Younger brothers? And I said, well, that sounds really good. He said, yeah, we're going to try to get all brothers. What do you think? You think your brothers would want to do it? I said, well, I'll tell them about it. Sure. Anyhow, six years later or whatever it was, we made the movie. And you know, it's interesting, you have also had two juniors on there. Hmm. You had James uh, yeah. Jr. and Harry Carey Jr. Yep. And you know, I'll tell you, the uh, knife fight in there that David did, I think that's one of the great movie knife fights. Mm -hmm. And it's just a great Absolutely. fight. Absolutely, that was tremendous. I think part of the fruition of that fight was uh, we were shooting it, and uh, when we broke for lunch, Walter Hill said to uh, to David and James Remar, he said, you know, boys, uh, this isn't really working for me. And uh, Sam Fuller is going to be visiting the set this afternoon. <laughs> so you guys might have a little conversation over lunch, lunch and see if you can uh, if you can uh, amp it up a little bit. <laughs> so that's the fight that ensued. Uh, great, great fight. <laughs> you know, I worked three pictures with your brother, David. And, really? Yeah, I did uh, Young Billy Young, uh, Heaven with a Gun, and the Good Guys and the Bad Guys. And I have a little story for you there. You know, you okay. you guys came up to visit us up in Chama. You remember that? I do. And there was a guy, a buddy of you guys traveling with you guys. And the brothers all stayed together with David. Uh, your buddy ended up bunking with me because, you know, I... I'm the only guy dumb enough to take somebody <laughs> in. But uh, I thought that was kind of cool, you know, the way you guys showed up out of the blue and it, it just, I don't know, a family thing. <laughs> you know, it looked, yeah. like, it looked like you guys had a, a, a ton of fun making that movie. You know, Yeah, we really did. And one of the things that, uh, that uh, used to happen every day on that film was nobody wanted to be... Uh, the last guy showing up in the lobby to get on the transport to the set. Mm -hmm. So let's say it was a 7 a.m. call. Well, you know, guys were showing up at 6.45, and then they started showing up at 6.30, and then they started showing up at 6.15, just so they wouldn't be the last guy. <laughs> Pretty funny, you know? Mm -hmm. and, you know they I remember once we had this uh, location that was far enough away that uh, the actors would have to have a forced call. And what that means yeah. is that you don't get 12 hours off between uh, when you finish one day and start the next. Mm -hmm. And a forced call is expensive for the movie company. So they thought what they'll do is uh, they'll take, like, I don't know, I can't remember, but somehow I'm the guy that got to go uh, uh, on the bus and my brothers got to go on a helicopter. <laughs> and uh, You were the youngest, right? <laughs> right. So well, we yeah, but you got to sleep all the way out. <laughs> I slept all the way there, and when, when I got the location, the helicopter was just coming in with the brothers. I, I went over to the helicopter, and I said to the pilot, I said, hey, could I have a ride? He said, sure. I climbed in the helicopter, and I got a full-blown, you know, Vietnam helicopter ride and my brothers were so pissed off they were like oh man we didn't get any of that that's because they didn't ask you know and they, they, yeah. 
I remember they had a really great uh, music score on that by Ry Cooter. Ry Cooter, man. Yeah. It, yeah. Great, great composer, great musician. I mean, the man, his music is just incredible. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you he's know, yeah. he's an epic human being. Yes, yes. And it just, it's so, it so fit the movie. Oh, yeah. Or the movie so fit him. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, God. <laughs> Ride just does so good. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. So good. All right. So, Bobby, I have to ask you, the first picture you made with my dad was Joyride. And if you had any stories to tell about that film. I do actually. Uh, it's in a way, it's kind of a modern western because it takes place up in Alaska. Yeah, and uh, I'll never forget this. We were uh, we were shooting the scene where we're on the ferry boat going over to Vancouver, and uh, it was colder than all get out. And for some reason, um, I was the only one with a decent coat. <laughs> so every, between every take, the other the other cast members were running into the cabin and you know shaking with with cold. So I, I just I remember that. You know, you speaking of Alaska, I, I'm, I'm I'm nuts about ski films, and you did Deep Winter, and I think that was one of the that was a really fun movie to watch. And you know, you were the coach. Uh, what was your experiences with that one? Well, we were shooting that in a uh, private ski area outside of Park City. I guess there's like a country club version of a ski area out there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And uh, you have to be a member to get into it. And I guess that's what we rented. And it gave us a lot of, uh, a lot of freedom because we didn't have to deal with a bunch of people. You know, we were the only ones there. Did you ski at the time? I actually snowboarded oh, at the okay. time. Yeah, I'm a snowboarder. I, I started skiing so late in life. I didn't try skis till I was 33 or 34, something like that. And it was just too late to figure it out. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, when you used three, to go in sideways and going front, that's, yeah, it's got to be confusing. <laughs> well, then I tried snowboarding, and I used to surf. And after two days of uh, just pounding myself into the into the slope i finally <laughs> figured it out and uh i got i got good at it <laughs> that's great well hey let's talk about kung fu kung fu that's another western i was on yes it was i noticed that and i love i love that hat they had you in yeah, that was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, you look great. You look great. I, was, I was watching that uh, Thursday, and uh, and, also, and it was great because your dad was in that, and I'll tell you, he's one of my favorites, all-time favorites. In fact, oh, I have a story too, for you me from uh, Good Guys and the Bad Guys. Every day at lunch, after we'd finished lunch, Mitchum would hold court and tell stories, and you know the kind of storyteller he was. Well, your right. dad comes up there. After lunch, he joins us, and he starts telling stories. Your dad was like the rest of us. He was like a little, like a little <laughs> kid just listening to your dad. Uh, that's that's a great story. Yeah, my dad definitely could tell stories. I remember, uh, I remember hearing the same story many, many times, and uh, it's so funny because now I can't remember any of them. Yeah. Did did, they, uh, did it? Did the story change uh, over time? 
Uh, it would grow some embellishment, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, while we were up there, I also took uh, David and your dad out to Brazos Lodge, Bill Mundy's place out there uh, for dinner. They, I had a car and they didn't. And so I got to listen to the two of them telling, swapping stories back and forth. And the funny thing was, they weren't talking about movies, they were talking about theater. Oh, and theater's yeah. old, and your, his dad's, his yeah. dad's old old theater stories were just. Oh my God! I wish, I wish somebody had written them down. Did you do any theater, Bobby? I've only done one. Well, I've done two actually. My very first acting job was with my dad in a play called Tobacco Road, mm-hmm. and I was ah. sixteen years old. Hmm. And then the next time I did theater. Um, I don't know. It says probably around, uh, I don't know, 2010, maybe 2011, something like that. I did a play called The Exonerated, Mm -hmm. which is an award-winning play that played off-Broadway for Mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I picked it up for two weeks uh, in New York, and then I did it for a week in Detroit, and then another week... uh, Boy, where did oh Maryland? I did it. Uh, did it in Maryland, and uh, it was very fulfilling. I really, uh, I really liked doing theater, especially the exonerated because you didn't have to walk in and you didn't have to move around because mm-hmm. the the staging of the play was music stands with the script on them. Oh, so you're yeah. sitting in front of a music stand with the script. Now, nice. the director wanted us to be off book, so you had that challenge but you didn't have to worry about making entrances and exits hmm. and uh, it was a really uh, a really great way to present this material and all the material was uh, verbatim from court records and from the actual people mm-hmm. who were exonerated mm-hmm. none of it was made up it was a very powerful play cool so Bobby when you were making The Big Red One uh, and you obviously your character is based on Sam Fuller's character in real life. Uh, did you feel much pressure from that, or was he kind of just left you alone and let you do what you wanted? He pretty much left me alone, A, and B, I didn't really uh, I, I didn't really put pressure on myself that I was playing him. I mean, I know that I was playing a dog-faced soldier that got into the war because he wanted to write a, no- a novel about it. I knew that. But uh, the fact that Sam actually did that, I didn't quite make the connection while we were shooting. Uh, and I think that was kind of a nice way to be free to do what I felt I should do to be that character. What cigars were you smoking? <laughs> I don't know the name of them, but they were Cuban. <laughs> ah, good. Cohibas. Good, good choice. Cohibas. They weren't Cohibas. Nope. They, they were some off-brand of Cuban cigar because I was Arte. going through ten of them a day. Artajenas. I, I wow. really don't know what they were. Okay. So, are, do you love, still love cigars today, or do you? Uh, run I do actually. Direction? I don't. I don't smoke them very often, but occasionally I will have one, and it's uh, it's a nice respite from the uh, the grind of the day. Hey, Todd, I uh, envisioned an invite here. Well, uh, yeah, Bobby, I'll, I'm officially inviting you out for a night of cigars uh, in okay, L.A. Okay, I, I, I accept. And <laughs> the audience You're will, easy. Will, 
your audience will hold you to it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, you know, Bobby, there is nothing uh, would give me more pleasure than being able to share a cigar with you. Every, so, every, well, you know where we could go, Todd? We could go to the State Social on Sunset Strip. Sure we can. Or we can go to Grand Havana, which is also uh, a fun spot. So maybe is, we'll have where, more where than one. Where is Grand Havana? I don't know that one. That's right in the middle of Beverly Hills. Oh, we got to go to Beverly Hills. Yep. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's where all the scantily clad yes, uh, yes. teenagers are. You are absolutely correct, yeah. sir. <laughs> yeah. That's, I've taken Harry there more than once. Oh, Bobby. yes. <laughs> uh, and he always says to me something like, uh, when, he's, when I put him back on the train to go home, he'll always say something like, you know, it's the Grand Havana room that gets me coming back. <laughs> yeah. And okay. it ain't the cigars. <laughs> and it ain't the cigars. Right. Copy that. Oh, God. All right. We're going to do another commercial break here on uh, Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. Our guest is uh, Bobby Carradine. You saw him in The Cowboys and bunches of other movies, Revenge of the Nerds and so forth. We'll be right back. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year, we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 skeet fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. You've got some cattle you want rustled but don't have enough henchmen of your own to do the job little lady up the road a piece won't strike a deal with you about water rights you out there come one step near and old best here'll spit right in your eye so you need to strike your own deal but you need the right henchman to do the job the stage is hauling a wells fargo box loaded with gold you've got the perfect spot to liberate that gold but like henchmen to pull off the job what to do you better start packing a handgun Call Red a Hench. We're a bad guy rental agency. We provide you with enough scruffy henchmen to tackle any job with specific directions. Just listen to what Red a Hench users have to say. Well, you know, when I joined Red a Hench, I was trained by Bud Osborne, Charlie King, and some of the best head henches there ever was. And I'm going to guarantee you that you cannot hench without the proper henches around you. And that's just a gentle hench. When you need sheer numbers of henchmen, call us. We specialize in stage holdups, water right disputes, squatter troubles, cattle rustling, and much more. Our rent henchmen may not be able to think their way out of a paper bag, but they sure can follow directions, and they won't sing to the law about you if they get caught. See our ad in the Saturday Evening Post or Harper's Weekly. Hey, not only that, when you're in the Long Branch and you want to go next door to Doc's to get that bullet out of your shoulder, get a rent to sit there on your place and keep your whiskey warm while you're gone. Rent-a-hench, when you need bad guys to do bad guy stuff so you can keep your hands clean. You let me do the work. Hey, this is Robert Fuller, uh, Jess Harper from Laramie, and we're listening to the Voices of the West. 
Francie's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander Bunker de France, Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. Our guest is Bobby Carradine. And um, I don't know. I bet we could uh, get Bobby to join Rena Hench. I'll bet he'd make a good hench. You'd make a good henchman, sir. He's got them shifty eyes. What, what is Rena Hench? Rena Hench. That, it's our bad guy rental agency. Yeah, you know, like ah. you, you know, if you want, you, like, you want to go and steal your ne- neighbor's cows, and you don't have enough henchmen, yeah. you call us, and we send a couple of henches over. That's right. Oh, rent a hench. Yeah, I, I, I would definitely like to do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I know you directed a couple of episodes of Lizzie McGuire. Besides being a regular on it, did you did you do much directing, or are you something you'd like to do some more of in the future? It's, it's something I would definitely like to do some more of. I'm a real detail freak, mm-hmm. and the thing about being a director is uh, you're responsible for everything that's in the frame. And I just, like, one time I was shooting a scene with uh, Hilary Duff upstairs in her bedroom, and I walked up to the set, and I was looking around, I was looking around the set, and it was too neat. And I said to the first assistant director, I said, you know, this room's too neat. I mean, she should have, like, clothes and stuff strewn around here. And I turned around, and that quickly, they, they threw a bunch of clothes around. Wow. <laughs> I mean, all I had to do was say it, and boom, it was there. It was it was a great experience. Yeah. Uh, just just think, you know, Orson Welles probably did the same thing if we <laughs> heard Citizen Kane. Do you, do you pattern yourself after uh, any... Is, specific director or any director that you enjoy their particular work? Well, if I could direct a movie that turned out half as good as Clint Eastwood (laughs) or or Robert Redford (laughs) or Kevin Costner or for that matter Bradley Cooper. I mean, these guys because that's who I really uh, followed was these guys that are major actors mm-hmm. who get to direct, and I like their movies a lot. That's so cool. What do you think it is that pulls you in that particular direction? Well, you don't have to learn any lines. I like that. <laughs> but you have to know the script. Yeah, no, I really... Uh, like I said, I'm a detail freak, and if you're a good director... You're going to be uh, all over yourself to make mm-hmm. sure that everything that's in that frame yeah. is right, all the way as deep and as far as you can see. It's got to be right. Do you do any and writing? When I see, beg your pardon. Do you do any writing? Oh, yeah. writing? Yeah, I do rewriting. Is what I do. Yeah. I haven't uh, yet written one, but I'm I'm fairly adept at rewriting. I've got a and great I've, idea for you to direct and write called Revenge of the Cowboy Nerds. There you go. Now that's a hit. That's a hit. That that should be the the sequel to Barbie. Last night, last night on TV, uh, I I saw the previews and I had had watched part of it. Saturday the 14th with Richard Benjamin and Paula Prentice. And it's, it's, you know, it's a comedy takeoff on the Friday the 13th. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ah, okay. uh, Yeah. It was, I mean, this is ridiculous, and it was wonderful. Oh, wow. 
Well, I'm going to see uh, Oppenheimer tonight. Oh, Bobby, you're going to love it. That's what I hear. It. It's really yeah. well done. Really well done. I hope done. I don't need to see it in IMAX because I'm not going to an IMAX. Uh, no, I saw it in a regular theater. You'll enjoy it. I just oh, okay. I just got back myself. Are you planning okay. on seeing Barbie? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to see Barbie because I'm sort of madly in love with Margot Robbie. No. <laughs> okay. So I will watch I will watch any movie that she's in. What what movie? What man? What what man isn't? Uh, well, there's no. a, a few dopes out there that don't get it, but I don't. Okay. I'm not one of them. But does she? Right. Have- you guys ever see that film she did called I Tanya? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she she got nominated for the Academy Award. That's how good she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Bobby, can you talk about the film Klondike at all? Is there anything you have there? Tales of the Klondike. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we shot it. The entire thing was shot on stage, and. Uh, you know, it's about two guys getting cabin fever who are stuck in their cabin. Well, that was sort of mm-hmm. what was happening because we were on the stage every single day. And uh, me and my uh, my co-star were going a little bat crazy. That's Scott Highlands. Scott Highlands, yeah. Well, you know, Great I, actor, by the way. I love the character names. You were Percy Cutforth, and he was yep. Carter Weatherby. Yeah, great names. Yeah, that's it's you know, and this is from a Jack London story. What did you was exactly. Orson Welles around at all? Um, yeah, he was he was offset, you know, advising us. Oh, how was that? I, I, he's one of my no. I'm kidding. There was, Orson was nowhere to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that episode was directed by a woman, uh, Janie Mantis. Mantis. Yeah, and this is back when. That was kind of uncommon. Yeah. And she did a hell of a job. Yeah, Ida Lupino broke the uh, mold on that one. She was a great director. She was, very yeah. good director. And she did, the, uh, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of social conscious movies, but she made some damn, they're very nourish. Which she did a number of uh, Paladins. Yeah, oh, yeah, a ton of TV. And, yeah. And, yeah, and so, yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Lots I guess of I should, I, I should have checked on my... Uh, Need to know list. <laughs> well, you, you can put that on the need to know in the future list. Exactly. <laughs> She's also fabulous in uh, as an actress in oh, They yeah. Drive by Night with Humphrey Bogart and George uh, George Raft. Yeah. She's fabulous wow. in that. A real femme fatale, a real evil woman. So hey, what me, about the Marshal, Bobby? The Marshal. What's the Marshal? It's well, Bill you were in, in the Outlaws. Yeah. Oh, now it's ben, called the Marshal. Yeah, well, that's what they. Yeah. Oh wow! Well, that was a uh, that was a threadbare production made with a lot of willing people, and uh, it was kind of a, a a small a small but efficient group, and we had a great time. And you you worked uh, Darby Hinton on that, and then you just did another thing here not too long ago with him. I, I don't think it's been. Yeah, released, no, I so. can't. I can't remember the name of it, but I, yeah, I did another another one with him. Uh, was it Justice? I think it was, yeah, Justice. Yeah. We did it in April. Yeah. You have any idea when that's coming out? Having a clue. Yeah. 
That's that's the story nowadays. You know, these guys are making some decent little westerns, and they can't get them out because the distributors won't take it because they're not big studios. Yeah. Well, also, it's really, you know, in this day and age, with everybody's got their heads stuffed in their phone, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's hard to get them interested in a western. Yeah. So, Bobby, speaking of that, um, and I'm not trying to, we never try to put anybody on the spot or any of our guests. We but, do. <laughs> bunker. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people in Hollywood, you talk to them, uh, the Western's dead or nobody wants to see Westerns anymore. And obviously they do. And obviously you like making them. So, I mean, do you have any feelings of uh, uh, when you see that, when you see a Western come on a, an advertisement or in a newspaper or something, you go, "Oh, a western! I want to go see it." Absolutely. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, the new uh, Walter Hill movie, "Dead for a Dollar." Did you guys see that? Mm-mm. No, it has good here. It hasn't come to Tucson. Yeah, it's good. You should definitely watch it. Mm-hmm. And, Christopher uh, Waltz, well made. Chris, well made. Christopher Waltz and uh, uh, Benjamin Bratt. Um, God, there's a couple other notable actors in it, but Christopher Waltz was, Christoph Waltz was great in it. And uh, Walter invited my brother Keith and I to the uh, to the screening at the Directors Guild of America, and we got to meet Christoph Waltz. And cool. what a decent and warm and uh, humble guy. You did so work pleased. with him then on Django. Well, yeah, I mean, we were in the same movie, but I don't even think yeah. we're in the same scene. I know, sometimes it's like weeks apart. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. How was that? How was it working for Tarantino? Because I, I hear all kinds of stories. Well, he is um, very enthusiastic when he's on the set. He loves being on the set. It is not a job to him. It is his life, and mm-hmm. he... He's just absolutely like a kid, and uh, he'll lead the crew in a chant, like, often, where he says, why are we here? Because we love making movies. <laughs> That's great. He's pretty great, you know, and it's true. That's why we're here. We love making movies. Well, you know, in a, in a way, you know, you mentioned... Uh, Eastwood and some of the other actors that are making movies, and he, he's acted, but here's a guy that, you know, his love of movies is legendary. I mean, he knows he's probably one of the leading authorities on movies. Oh, absolutely. You know, I read something funny about Clint, which was uh, he was getting interviewed by somebody, like Barbara Walters or somebody. I don't know who it was, but anyhow, they were like, Clint, you know, the thing about your movies is a lot of times it, it seems like the lines that people are saying them for the first time, like in real life. He says, well, that's because a lot of the time they are saying them for the first time. Because <laughs> he'll shoot the rehearsal. Ah. Yeah, you and know he'll the go, okay, yeah. he, okay, we got it. And the actors are like... What? I want to go again. He goes, no, no, I got what I wanted. Yeah. That's like Joe Ford was that way. Uh, that's yeah. Good. Oh, yeah. And Sam Fuller was that way. You couldn't get another take out of Sam if you made it through. 
<laughs> you made it through a take. That was it. You were done. Yeah. Wow. That's all Eastwood is. You know, it's like, you know, I don't like second takes. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Waste of film. Just like waste of So, Bobby, with all the great actors you worked with and all the great directors you've worked with, not to mention your family, what is, not to put you on the spot again, but we will, what is the greatest piece of advice you've gotten that carries you through even to this day when you're working? Know your lines. Don't trip over the furniture. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, if you think about it, if you really know them, uh, the rest will come pretty easy. But if you're trying to think of your lines while you're trying to act, uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna deliver the goods. Mm. All right, we're gonna do our final commercial break here on Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. Our guest is Bobby Carradine, actor. You've seen him in bunches of things. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, Todd Roberts. We'll be right back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. Imus Wilkinson is now Wilkinson Wealth Management. 7411 East Tanker Verde in Tucson. 520-777-1911. Read classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats, but did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. 
your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. All right, listeners, you like Westerns, right? You're to... I mean, you do listen to this program. So you want a chance to tell the rest of the world which Westerns you think are the best? I'm always ready to back up whatever I say. Here's how. Email us your picks for your top five Westerns. Tell us why you think those five are the best cowboy movies. You got any more you want to say on the subject? Each month, we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the Voices of the West program. Pretty simple, right? We want to hear from you. We have our men scouring the valley. Email your list to bestwesterns, voicesofthewest at gmail.com. I guess that's all we need to hear. Come right in, gents, and check your guns. You check your guns here. Not my guns. Oh, we can't make any exceptions, boys. Two gunmen are too valuable to kill each other off. I'm hungry, Joe. It's all right. Everybody else has checked. Well, you can do it, Blackie, but I'll get my groceries elsewhere. I never heard of a gent starving to death in a settlement, but I know plenty of parties has died from a bad case of empty holsters. This is the Voices of the West. We're, we're back on Emil Francis, Voices of the West, uh, Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, Todd Roberts, and Bella. <laughs> and that was actually no, Harry no, that's not, that's not Ella. That's not Ella? That's, that's not Ella, that's uh, Gilly. Oh, uh, Gilly, uh, Gilly. Uh, <laughs> that's Gilly, uh, uh, Nola's daughter, uh, uh, Serena, that's her dog. Yeah. So uh, he he stands watch at the front window here. Of course. And uh, he barks at dogs he doesn't like. There you go. It's, which is kind of like me with people. There you go. So. All right. Knuckles O'Toole is uh, tickling the ivories there well, for I you. I thought that was you playing Yeah, I wish it were. Uh, Bobby Carradine is our guest here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. And uh, we're getting down to the bottom bottom of the program here, Bobby. So, time for some shameless promotion on yeah. your part. What you doing? Uh, well, like I told you, I'm about to go see uh, Oppenheimer. Right. Yeah. I've also got a script that was written by Mike Gray, who's the gentleman that wrote The China Syndrome. Right. Okay. And uh, mm. it's a really good script. It's written. It's edited. It's done. And uh, it, the the chief protagonist is a girl, so I think if I could find the right girl, like a movie star girl, mm-hmm. uh, people might line up to make it. So I guess I should get. I, I need to get it to Margot. Yeah, there you go. Are you uh, <laughs> are you looking to direct the movie? Yes, I am. I don't know if she'll let me direct her, but I can always try. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Sweet talker. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, she hasn't had that happen to her before. All right, Mr. Carradine, your very favorite Western. Uh, the Unforgiven. Nice uh, choice. That's a wow. good movie. That is mm-hmm. that is a landmark movie. There's certain yes, movies yeah. come along and they change Westerns, and that's one of them. Yeah, for sure. Well, I just remember when, uh, when Clint was getting the Oscar 
for Best Picture. He was talking about a friend of his that uh, was uh, a big muckety-muck at Warner Brothers who had passed away. But um, Clint said he predicted this, and he was right. Mm. 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 Did you know that Clint did not change one word in that script? Wow. 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 And he told Mr. Peoples that. Hmm. And Mr. Peoples couldn't believe it, that he didn't change one word. Well, yeah. Also, he didn't make the film for 10 years after he yeah. got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, said he, was too, he, he said he was too young. Yeah. Interesting. Well, you, know, you look at the performance of Hackman and, and, uh, and Richard Harris, you know, oh. so rich. Mm-hmm. Or Saul Rubinek, for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember the guy that played your reporter because that's always that the guy the guys that are that's always reporters. They always that's the worst part in the picture, <laughs> and it really is. And this guy was good. He was really good. It was really good, especially that scene where he's you know Clint's just wasted everybody in the bar, and Saul Rubinek is saying so. You know who did you? How did you figure out who to shoot first? And he goes, well, you know this guy did this and this guy did that. And he said, and, and then, what about this guy? He says, well, I'll tell you who I'm going to shoot next. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That was a funny bit. Yeah. Do you think there will be another movie uh, that comes out that features uh, the stars like in The Long Riders where we have groups of brothers uh, uh, on the screen? Got to have well, brothers first. Yeah. yeah, I mean, as long as it's not the Baldwins, I think it's possible. <laughs> Don't give Alec a gun. Wow. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, Poor man. That's a perfect zinger. Oh, God, yeah. That is the perfect. Can we use that we, line as a, as a. Well, I'll find some way to use that line. <laughs> Okay, you can give me credit. We yeah, will, we will, definitely, man. And the, and the blame. And the blame. It's Bobby Carradine. You can send it to voicesofthewest at gmail.com. I will forward. <laughs> well, gentlemen, and I use the term quite loosely. Thank you so much. Uh, a real pleasure to hang out with you guys for a while. Hey. And uh, I hope it's not too hot out there in Tucson. Uh, uh, it's hundred Almost, the, almost the temperature of the sun, but that's all right. It's that time yeah. of year. You've we been thank, a yeah, it is. yeah, a yeah. We thank you for uh, spending time with us, man, uh, and sharing your humor. Yeah, uh, a great time and open invite anytime, man. Thank you, and Todd. Thanks for putting me on the air with you guys. Yeah. Oh, Bobby, what a pleasure it was. Uh, thank you so much for being with us today. And don't forget the cigars, Bobby. Yeah, right. I won't. Hey. <laughs> Todd, you got you know how to get in touch with me, Todd. And if you don't, um, I'm going to stick Harry on you. Yeah, there you go. Okay, perfect, perfect, Bobby. Uh, I'll be I'll be dogging you soon. There Trust you me. Go. I can't wait. Let me know. Okay. All right. Now, okay, boys. All right. Thank you so much, Bobby. Take care, Bobby. Take yep. care. Mm, yep. Bye-bye. Over and out. All right. <laughs> Yeah. What a great show, fellas! Fun, fun, fun. Great yeah. show, too much fun. What a great guy! Yeah, and uh, a, a great family. You know, a, an iconic. I, I'm sorry, I think it is an iconic acting family it up is. there with the Barrymores. How many of them are like that? Yeah, up there with the Barrymores. Four of them. And some you of them know. you got brothers and sisters, but yeah. Barrymores three of them. But yeah. that's about it. But yeah, good yeah. stuff. 
Next time we get together on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, it will be Movie Saturday, and we're doing movie quotes. Quotables, 78, 79, 80 carotines. <laughs> so long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. 